Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new edition of Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story. In this edition, not just one, but three drivers on the NASCAR circuit share how they got bit by the car bug and some extra thoughts on this year on the track. First, Denny Hamlin. He drives the number 11 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. How did Denny learn he loved cars? Really, I knew pretty early when I was about five years old. Um, my dad uh, raced dirt tracks uh, way back in the day, and you know, part of working on the cars is what we did. So, um, you know, it wasn't very long before I was asking for my very first go kart, and I'd love to just come home from school and tinker on that cart and figure out how to make it go faster. Five years old. What did Dad let you do on the car? Uh, clean it was about my responsibilities uh, for sure, but uh, you know, he, him and his brother did a lot of work on it, but uh, yeah, I was left to cleaning. What were they driving back then, do you remember? Oh, I don't even remember back then, they had just about everything, but uh, I think a, a Falcon was what uh, my dad drove around. Like a Ranchero or something? Or yes, just an old Tudor? Like that, yeah. You, what was your first car? I actually had a Ford Ranger, uh, was my very first uh, vehicle, I got it from my brother, uh, kind of a hand-me-down type uh, vehicle. How long did you hang on to that? I had it for about three years, I actually turned it in, you know, into like a little chopper, hot rod, like low rider type truck, and I traveled all around the car shows and everything, so I uh, had a lot of fun with it. What's currently in your garage right now? Uh, I got quite a few things, you know, my you know, prized possession probably is a, a Lexus LFA, it's very rare, and I uh, have one of the, the, the 15 Nuber, uh, Ring edition uh, LFAs, and so Unfortunately, I can't drive it for value purposes. Uh, I wish I could a little bit more, but uh, it's a car that's uh, a lot of fun and proud to have in the garage. Value purposes meaning you don't want to like put miles on it, basically. Yeah, I want to keep it uh, in the same condition as I got it, for sure. Very nice. Uh, cars that you've had that you've gotten rid of, is there anything you look back on and you wish, man, I wish I would have kept that? Well, I think not necessarily for me, but my mom had a 67 Camaro that uh, she was, it was her prized possession, but she had to sell it to buy me my very first race car. So my parents had to give up all the hot rods to finance my racing career. It's different than other sports where you buy a helmet and shoes and you're pretty much set. Uh, this racing is an expensive uh, venture if you're a kid. So uh, my parents weren't able to keep both. They had to get rid of the 67 Camaro. So, uh, you know, they got a lot of hot rods now, though. I, I can Do they really? They have, like, a, a bunch of them? Or they have, like, an older Camaro or a newer Camaro? My, my mom's actually got an older Corvette now. My dad's got all kinds of old street rods and 57 Chevys and all over. The, he's got, you know, five or six cars now. So, he, so basically, this is your in your DNA, all this car stuff. It is. It's <laughs> been, you know, we traveled to car shows, like I said, since I was five years old. So we've always been into cars. All right. You told me about your Lexus. Is there anything else that's number one on the uh, Denny Hamlin, I want to get that car list? Well, I, I, I have one that that uh, I kind of bought out of the a valet in, in Phoenix, Arizona. was a, a car that uh, kind of mimicked the Entourage car. It was a 67 Lincoln Continental and uh, Suicide Doors. So that's that's probably my favorite cruiser car that I get to ride around in. Is this, is, did you get that because of the uh, Entourage? I did. I, I saw it in valet and I was like, oh, man, it's the Entourage car. So tracked the guy down and... and he left me the keys. Hamlin, not only a fan of racing and cars, but he's also a fan of the TV show, The Bachelor. In fact, during the last part of the most recent Bachelor, did you hear it? He actually called into the show. Yeah, I, I called in uh, to, to Bachelor Live. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I mean, who to me, who wouldn't want to watch 25 chicks, you know, claw each other's eyes out? I mean, I mean. Kind of like racing, right? That's it's, what yeah, it's it's, their guys. It, it's great TV. Sometimes. So. Yeah, so uh, it's you know it is it's it's something you know 
myself and, and my girlfriend, we watch, and, and she always invites her friends over and everything. And I'm, I'm more of an innocent bystander that just happens to be sitting on the couch watching. So. <laughs> NASCAR driver Denny Hamlin, who also put a bet at the beginning of the year on the Carolina Panthers to win the Super Bowl. And he got all the way to the Super Bowl, only to see the whole thing get washed away when Denver's Broncos took the big game in Peyton Manning's farewell. Kurt Busch drives a number 41 Chevrolet for Stuart Haas Racing. He's the brother of Kyle Busch. His love of automobiles comes from family ties. My dad had a Chevy pickup truck, uh, but he also had an old 1932 Ford. Uh, he loved his steel-bodied Ford Coupe, and the way that he put so much time and effort into it it taught me about the, the effort that it takes to restore cars and to give it that extra tender loving care that he always talked about and he gave me an appreciation of cars through his cars. Uh, Mom had her 1978 Malibu uh, for at least 15 years. I mean I think she brought it into the 90s and it was a gorgeous black Malibu that she loved. Is that kind of the car you drove when you were learning? Uh, my dad bought me a Volkswagen Bug for 500 bucks and I worked off the payment of the car by working on the car uh, and so we lowered it uh, you know put a nice paint job on it an interior but he wouldn't let me touch the motor we left it the stock 40 horse because he thought 40 horsepower keep me out of trouble for speeding <laughs> gee if he would have known then what he knows now which we know now maybe he was right he was right he did a lot to teach me through work and the work ethic around cars and the commitment that it takes to you know, be ahead of different things with ordering parts, uh, planning on when they'll arrive and how to work on the car and how to, you know, to, to enjoy it. Did your brother have that same experience as far as did he get a Volkswagen? What was his first car? Yeah, his first car was a Volkswagen Bug as well. So dad kept down that, that <laughs> avenue. Didn't want any competition between the two. Exactly. If, if Kurt had something special, then Kyle would have to have something special too. Uh, was that the car you drove in high school? It was. 1964 Volkswagen Bug. You've had several cars in your past. Is there a car you ever had that maybe you wish you had back? Um, you know, I, I still have my 1964 Bug from high school. Um, when I buy a car, I usually keep it for a long time. Uh, one car I did sell that was my childhood dream car, and when I got it, I didn't necessarily like it, was a 2003 GT2 Porsche. And so the twin turbo on the thing was ferocious when the turbo would kick in. and. If I had hindsight to do it differently, I probably would have got something all-wheel drive. That way you can put the power to the ground. Why didn't you like it when you first got it? It just uh, the turbo lag. Once it kicked in, it was all at once, and all that rear weight made it awkward to drive and to feel stable uh, because of all the race cars that I had had all the front weight distribution. What's in your garage now? I've got a beautiful Ford GT uh, that Etzel Ford gave me for winning the championship. Uh, I found a beautiful orange 69 Camaro that I bought at uh, Barrett-Jackson a couple years ago. And then uh, me and my buddy put together a 65 Shelby Cobra. Uh, so real proud of that one and the way it drives and the roadster feel of it. Now is that a white one? What kind of color is that? Uh, it's black. Very, uh, sharp, sharp, glossy black. But the 4GT I went with the Shelby look and it's blue with white stripes. That's very nice. What do you think of the new Ford GT? Because I know that's it's coming up. Have you seen it? Oh, they're beautiful. Beautiful. And I think they did a tremendous job with it. Even though I race for Chevrolet and I need to be a Chevy guy through and through, uh, it's it's neat to see American Motorsports circle back around on a, on a re-edition like that. All right, let me save you then. How about that Camaro you have? Tell me about that 69. Uh, she's beautiful. It's a lot of chrome, a lot of orange. Uh, the motor we put in it is an old sprint car motor. And so it's all aluminum. 
Uh, that way we can save on the weight. But it's more of a car you go get ice cream in. I uh, love the interior. It's all white vinyl, and it car shows really well day and night. What is the number one car on the G1 Day I Want to Have list for you? Ah, shoot. I've, I've bought my dad now four 1932 Fords. Um, one day I will own all those 1932 Fords again. And so it's just something with your dad and a memory that you have and all the street rotting we did as a family. It'll be neat to see all those lined up in the garage. All coupes or what are they? Uh, most of them are, are coupes. Uh, he's got one Roadster. They're all steel. Um, each one of them has its own personality. He nicknames his cars. And so it's neat to see uh, the way that he still has his passion for the cars. What about his brother? Sure, they race for different teams, but they're still family. I'm tremendously proud of him. I couldn't be happier for him. And the first memory that, that jogged into my mind was when I won the championship. And that bridges into all the people that have helped us make our way through and it's racing at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway a little bullring that three-eighths mile track and the different sponsors or people that we talk to in the garage area all those memories come out when you have those big moments and it was really neat to see him win it all and uh, for the way that um, his season went I mean who would have thought that you break your foot and your leg at Daytona and to be back in the car by May. I mean, I was, I was texting him, talking to him um, in first of April-ish. He's like, yeah, I'll be back uh, at this race. Don't tell nobody. I'm like, how in the world are you going to be back in the car by that race? And, and then he wins Sonoma, literally like three weeks after he was back in the car, where we all thought his left foot was going to be troublesome for braking. And I finished second to him that day. It was great to let him win. You know, that's us trying to help, help him get in the chase. <laughs> But to, to see him power through the recovery, I mean, Denny's had surgeries, uh, Tony Stewart's had his surgeries, and Kyle powered through this like yep. nobody else, and he was on his own planet when he came back. I mean, that 18 car was dialed Great. in. And his wife had the baby in that process, and, yeah, right? Yeah, to have Braxton and Samantha there. I mean, it just it was a wonderful time to have that type of injury for the family side of it, but then he capitalized on it when he came back. He was strong, the team was ready. Uh, Eric Jones did a good job to help uh, that team develop, and boom, there they were in the chase. They were flawless. Bush is no stranger to rivalries and heated exchanges on the racetrack and off the racetrack. In fact, he and Brad Kozlowski, once Jimmy Spencer jumped out of his car to punch Bush a couple of times, Bush was asked at a NASCAR event at the Peterson Museum earlier this year for his perspective. I got a PhD in this subject. I mean, it's, <laughs> we waited. We yeah. saved you for towards the end. That's yeah, right. I liked the first part of his question was when you have a beef with a driver, it, does it carry through the garage area? Not necessarily. It's really just between those two guys. Uh, but when you have time to race them and you're out there on the track, time usually heals itself on who's done right and who's done wrong in the situation. Uh, but for the way that usually when NASCAR steps in, Chris, to your question, it, it's when a third party ends up getting wrecked by accident. So if two guys are going at it and they create collateral damage and a third party gets wiped out because of it, that's when they usually step in and it's gone too far. But it's always the guy that swings second that ends up getting caught. And that's, that's what I've learned. Speaking of Kozlowski, he drives the number two Ford Fusion for Penske Racing. His car story also came from being involved with cars in his family. Oh, I grew up where my dad had race cars, and, and uh, some of my earliest memories are going to the racetrack. And I, I don't know if there was a specific moment, but I, I just remember those races. And I remember 
hearing them start and just the energy and just falling in love with that energy. Yeah, and the and the sound of the engines. I mean, at a young age, I remember going to Lions Drag Strip out here in Los Angeles when they first started, and I mean, you felt that right to your core. Yes, and it's a good thing. It really is. It's a good thing. It, it shakes your bones and uh, the smells. Every sense you have uh, is overwhelmed by uh, motorsports, and uh, I can appreciate that very much. What was your dad racing? My dad raced in a Midwest series uh, called ARCA. I raced... Uh, from the early 80s to the mid 90s in that series. What kind of cars were they driving around back then, you remember? Uh, yeah, he had a, a Chevrolet uh, Beretta, a Chevrolet Lumina, Pontiac uh, Grand Prix, Chrysler LeBaron, uh, all kinds of stuff. All at once? Uh, some of them, yeah. He had a couple <laughs> of different cars, yeah. yeah, stock cars. So when it came time to get your car, first car, did you get a hand-me-down from them, or where did it come from? My first street car was a hand-me-down from my mom. It was a uh, 94 Chrysler LeBaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, funny thing is, is I was, uh, you know, 17 years old, and uh, everybody said, oh, God, this he'll be hell on wheels. We'll be in trouble. Uh, and uh, I got home one day in Michigan where I was born and where I was raised and parked the car in the driveway, and my dad came walking in kind of with his head down and, uh, he uh, he slid through the drive and T-boned it, wrecked my car. Ouch. Yep. So I was 17 years old and my car got wrecked and it was my dad who wrecked it. Which I thought was funny. Was it a, one of those turbo coupes at the time, or was it just a regular Chrysler? No, it was just a regular Chrysler. It, was, it had the uh, convertible or hardtop. Convertible. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I know Deion Sanders had one back in the day. He still has his today, although he's not sure why. <laughs> oh, Dion. I I'm not sure why either, Dion. Do you still have a car? You've gotten rid of, I'm sure, a bunch of cars growing up and stuff, moving from car to car. Is there a car you got rid of that you thought to yourself, man, I wish I had that back? All of my original race cars, I, I, I always went back. Yeah. Which, uh, anyone specifically, like one that you really liked? All of them. That performed well? All of them. You know, where, where would you put them first, if you had them? My first go-kart, probably specifically. And it got stolen, so I know I'll never get it back. Uh, I remember my trailer... It, came home one day and it was it had been broken into and it was gone i was about you know, 10 11 years old and that one really st- that one hurt i wonder if the people who have it know whose go-kart they have and how that would have changed yeah i'm sure they don't what's in your garage right now what's in my well i have a i had a nice ford f-150 but now that i have a daughter i had to trade it in for a ford expedition ah, you like it better uh the kids do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should say the girls do uh, I I miss my pickup truck. Uh, what's on your number one list of uh, cars that Brad Keselowski would like to have one day? I would like to have the new Ford GT, but I don't want to pay for it. You know people, don't you? I do know people, yeah. Maybe I can win enough races where I can get someone to give me one. Because <laughs> I can't afford it. Uh, oh, really? Seriously? Yeah, it's like a three-quarter million dollar car. Well, maybe you can get like a Ford discount or something like that. Yeah, like an employee discount. Yeah, there you it's go. a good idea. It hasn't happened yet. You know a number to call? I, I know a few numbers, but they haven't returned my phone call. At a NASCAR event on the Miracle Mile, Kozlowski brought up an interesting story about how NASCAR began and how it related to Ford. And he brought it all back to the new practice of having caution clocks in truck racing this year. Look at the history of the Ford Motor Company. Ford Motor Company, from you know, started by Henry Ford, was established in a race, a stock car race in, in Michigan where I'm from, uh, where 20 cars entered 
And when the, the final race came down to it, there was only two cars left running. And there's only two cars left running because it was an, it's an endurance style race. Uh, and NASCAR started in very similar terms, you know, 500 mile races. You'll never get a race car to run 500 miles. And then uh, started the 600 race at Charlotte. You'll never get a race car to run 600 miles. And uh, lo and behold, you know, the technology developed and now cars, they, they very seldom break down. Uh, and that's changed a lot of what motorsports means to people because without the cars breaking down, it's all about the action. It's all about the action. And, uh, so we have to give them non-step action and, and increase that with uh, technology that's entered all of our lives with cell phones which, uh, and, and other forms of media that has really shortened our attention span. Uh, and I feel like uh, the sport's going through a shift to try to, to stay current to the fan base and, and to the population uh, with how the sport dynamics have changed and the populations uh, and our fans' demands have changed with it. So uh, the, the whole thought of a caution clock in, in essence is to uh, try to create these these quick bursts of action in the sport, uh, take a break, uh, and then go back at it again to fit how the sport has changed and how the, the needs of our fans and, and wants of our fans have changed. Going into Charlotte at the time we recorded this, Kurt Busch currently third in the NASCAR driver standings behind Kevin Harvick and his brother Kyle. Brad Keselowski is in sixth place. Denny Hamlin is in 13th. Hey, if you like what we're doing and you're listening to us on iTunes, please help us out. Take a moment to rate us. We'd like to know what you have to say. Write a review. And most important, subscribe to Talking About Cars on iTunes. If you're listening on SoundCloud, like us and follow us and spread the word. Let your car friends know all about the great guests and cool car stories we have on all of our Talking About Cars podcasts. And until next week, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me next time as we have some fun talking about cars.